Hello, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT20 betting show. We're sponsored by Betfair. We're going to be making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware and do understand the risks that come with placing a bet. It's the second Saturday of a patented Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday slate of games. And George Ellick is, is still unwell, still unable to record. But... I've replaced him very well indeed. Uh, myself and Mike Holden are going to be making our EFL picks ahead of the weekend. Mike, what a pleasure to have you on the pod. It's a pleasure to be on, Ali, yeah. We've been part of your Fox Punter community for a, quite a long time now. Uh, we regularly still reference and have done for a long time the XG ratio tables that you provide as part of the Fox Punter service. For the benefit of the listeners, can you just tell us a tiny bit about what Fox Punter is now and how it's going? Well, yeah, it's going well. It's it's. I'm almost branching out now more as a personal brand, I suppose, because the Fox Punter stuff has taken me down the road of manager profiling. The psychological profiling just keeps going on and on to a new level. And it's almost like just football alone is limited. You know, I'm trying to use it in different places, coaching, consultancy and things like that. The Fox Punter stuff gets bigger and better every year. And, and you know, it's... Because the the ratings and data side stable, it kind of enables me to go exploring other avenues like emotional intelligence and the, the psychology side of things because you've kind of got that solid base of the data that underpins it all. That's why I'm really excited to have you on the pod. It's going to be great to hear sort of a, a fresh perspective on a normal EFL weekend. We will dive into that in just a second, but let the record book show that last week we both got our naps up, Charlton and over 2.5. It probably wasn't a 4-0 game, actually, so not as comfortable as the scoreline suggests, but uh, a winner at 2.1, 11-10. George's slightly odd BTTS and over 2.5 goals pick in Jill's knots. It was a good pick, and he, he got a winner at 5-6 to six there. We had a double next best in Wrexham, who went ahead at Bradford, but were pegged back and actually didn't deserve to win that to be honest Aaron Hayden was injured and not in the squad which made my long shot a void pick but Crescencio Somerville did indeed score in fact he scored two for Leeds United so that was a fun 7-2 winner I was 4.7 points up from what was in the end four point staked with the void uh, long shot pick George was minus 1.34 for the week and the BTTS sixfold became a fivefold when Mansfield was called off uh, and we were three out of five so uh, we'll target a better uh, option this week Mike what I'd love you to do is tell me what your best bet is in the EFL this weekend what is your nap I think I'm living a lot of people's dream here in sitting in George's seat and tipping Oxford to get beat. <laughs> um, I'm, g- <laughs> I'm going with Wickham at uh, 100 to 30 to win away at Oxford. And uh, to be honest, this is mostly about Wickham more than it is about Oxford, but there is, there is a bit of an anti-Oxford stance in there as well. Um, basically, I- I'm very, very pro-Wickham at the moment. I think the market's got them very much underrated. Based on what was a really poor start to the season, I think we all remember the manner in which they lost to Exeter on the opening day and how much they struggled in August. But I can kind of forgive them for that start because, as Matt Bloomfield said, you know, they were late to develop in pre-season. You know, the, the loan signings he got from Premier League clubs, Harry Boys, Dale Taylor, Freddie Potts, Killian Phillips, those guys didn't really come in till the end of July or even August. And... The kind of key players in the in the setup and the team that we've got. So if you kind of look past those first games, the data over the last eight nine matches has been superb, second best in the division. And 
it seems to be at the moment because they're a little bit under the radar getting better and better um, the last couple of matches they've won by a whole goal of XG against uh, they, they were beaten 4-2 at home by Bolton in midweek and a draw away at Peterborough last weekend and you know in the, ca- in the case of Bolton midweek you have to kind of put it into context they were 2-0 down in no time and Bolton can do that to teams but I like to listen to opposition managers and what they have to say and you kind of you know when you're listening to every manager about every team they all kind of have to blow the smoke up the opposition a little bit but you kind of tell the difference when it's just cliche or when a manager's paying genuine respect to an opposition and I feel like I've heard that from both Ian Everett and Darren Ferguson in the last seven days that, that Wickham are you know a decent side at this level and right now at the moment I think they're definitely playing to a top six standard at least well for my nap I'm down in league two and it's MK Dons to beat Swindon at home uh, six to four 2.5 the price with the Betfair Sportsbook and I, I am so keen on Mike Williamson as a manager so I was very pleased to see them beat Bradford 4-1 in midweek and play in a, in a manner that I recognised from the games that I watched when Williamson was Gateshead manager. And I was, I was just kind of geeking out over it, really, because they scored four, they hit the woodwork twice, Dean missed a one-on-one as well. I think there was another one-on-one or something like that. It was a really, really, really good performance. And I just think, imagine the buy-in that he'll be getting from the players after that and they get to play another game at home just days later without their opposition having a huge amount of time to kind of watch, prepare, analyse and train for, for what they're going to offer. So um, Bradford are no mugs and they, they've they been doing pretty well under Kevin McDonald and, and MK really did make them look fairly ordinary. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, as for their opposition, Swindon, Away from home, one win, four draws, two defeats. It's not disastrous. It's not great. Uh, They've lost three of their last five in the league, home and away. So they're really strong points return to start the season. It's slowed down a little bit, albeit they've been losing to decent teams. Notts County, Bradford, Gillingham. uh, And we can't say definitively that MK are are on that level yet. But I'm just trying to get in front of that, really. Uh, I saw Swindon live the other day against Newport. And I didn't think they played particularly well. I had the sense that a much better team, or even a slightly better team than Newport, could have hurt hurt them um, but Newport were in really poor shape that day and, and Swindon didn't need to be good to win 2-0 uh, and then I guess the headline for this is that Dan Kemp can't play because he's an MK Dons player uh, on loan at Swindon and he's their stardust he's their star man he's quite clearly the one with the most quality one of the best players in the whole division this season buzzes around in that sort of very fluid number 10 role and he's the one that that does things for Swindon in the final third. So uh, without him, Hepburn Murphy will likely come in, very different type of player. And I just think they might be less potent without Kemp. So for MK, I'm taking a leap of faith that midweek wasn't a one-off, that they can repeat that performance to a certain extent at home to Swindon. Uh, And I think it's just great timing for them having another home game so soon after that win. So uh, at home to Swindon, MK Donzar, uh, 2.5, 6-4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. What's your uh, next best, Mike? Uh, I'm going to be backing Northampton to win away at Bristol Rovers. and I'm aware the news has just broken that Joey Barton's been sacked by Bristol Rovers. Uh, but the bet's not about that, although I do believe it actually helps the bet to know, you know that, that, that instability going into the weekend. Uh, but the reason for this is two seasons ago, Bristol Rovers and Northampton separated by goal difference. Obviously left a very, very bitter taste in the mouth for Northampton. John Brady, his players in the manner that Bristol Rovers secured promotion with a 7-0 win 
against an already relegated Scunthorpe on the final day. And I was listening to Brady midweek after the 2-2 draw against Leighton Orient. And towards the end of the interview, the question turned to the weekend. And he kind of didn't really want to get into the conversation at that point and kind of just said, we'll leave it there. Now, maybe this is me reading way too much into things and I'm kind of anticipating that Northampton are going to be fired up for this fixture in particular. But it does make me think, knowing how Brady operates, knowing how long some of those Northampton players have been together, most of that dressing room will have experienced what they felt at Barrow on the final day when they took care of their own business but ended up missing out on promotion when they thought it was a formality. So... I don't think it's too difficult for them to tap into something emotionally that gets a big performance this weekend. And I think if Joey Barton would have been in charge and, you know, Cobblers would have turned up with a bit of a spiky attitude, I think Barton would have, you know, got into his players and potentially met fire with fire. I wonder if Barton going this weekend just means, okay, uh, uh, you know, how are Bristol Rovers going to react to Barton going, but also if they do get this peak level performance from Northampton but looking at the data there's very very little to separate them this season either my next best is in the championship it's Sunderland to beat Norwich 2.1 so 11 to 10 uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook and it's pretty strong anti-Norwich stance I would say Uh, they had an amazing first month of August in in terms of results and I did start to buy into the performances even if the numbers were uh, not absolutely unbelievable to start with I, I felt like they had something good going uh, now David Wagner would probably point to the the injuries of uh, both Josh Sargent and Ashley Barnes as uh, a bit of a game changer for them you can't get away from the fact that since the start of September their results are bottom three in the championship their underlying numbers uh, per the, the Fox punter ratings uh, or XG tables rather suggest that their performance levels are bottom three or very close to being that and I sort of think there's an extent to which if it if it looks bottom three and it smells bottom three then we should be pretty concerned that Norwich's current level is is exactly that even if they are called Norwich City and we don't sort of see them uh, at this level as a, as a relegation candidate the league table doesn't suggest that they are right now up in 14th but that's really just based on a, a good first month the the attack has seemingly become Hope John Rowe or Gabriel Sara score a worldie. Uh, that's not hugely sustainable, as impressive as those players are. Uh, Adam Eder has been really struggling to to shoulder the goal-scoring responsibility as the number nine. Fasnacht uh, started the season quite well, but has seemingly fallen out of favour. Other problems are uh, Angus Gunn's injury means that George Long is in goal. And although Long has <clears throat> kind of kicked around this level for a while, He's not a goalkeeper that fills me with uh, any confidence whatsoever. Uh, and I think it's a it's a boost for, for the Sunderland pick that, that Long will be in goal here uh, for Norwich. Uh, as for Sunderland, they are coming off the back of three defeats here. I think their defeats, the flavour and the manner of them are very different to Norwich City's. I, I believe that their performance level is nowhere near as concerning. Uh, they lost 4-0 to Borough. Uh, that game swung on a, a red card just before half-time for dissent uh, at 0-0. Uh, they did fall apart somewhat in the second half. That's, I, I think, mainly down to the way that they play and the way that Mowbray wants them to play rather than any uh, massive issues, so to speak. They lost to Stoke 
last weekend, which realistically could have easily been a 2-1 win to Sunderland rather than Stoke. There was a big handball shout for the first goal. Another referee could have disallowed that. Uh, and then at 1-1, well, Stoke scored a set-piece header and Sunderland hit the post from a set-piece header. So very small margins in terms of performance. And then in midweek, they lost to Leicester, who are setting all kinds of records. Uh, and I think Leicester fans would agree and, and have said on social media that they felt Sunderland probably put in the best performance of anyone that's played Leicester uh, in midweek, for whatever that's worth. I, I say that to say that I don't think Sunderland's performances are worrying really in any way, um, even if it's three defeats in a row, whereas I can't say the same for Norwich. So um, I just think long trip, tough week, huge distaste within the Norwich fan base. It's happening again and they're so tired of it and they're so unhappy about it. Um, and I think it's time for a, a Sunderland rousing response on Saturday in front of their home fans to, to get a win at uh, 11 to 10 with the Betfair Sports. But that's my next best. Remember that the match odds 90 market is this season's big offer from Betfair. So these are the markets with the 90 icon on the sportsbook. Uh, it means that if the team you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, that'll be paid out as a winner, even if they concede an equaliser in added time. There are terms and conditions for the Match Odds 90 market, so make sure you check them out and see if it might be for you this weekend. Uh, Mike, I'm going to ask for your goal scorer first, and then uh, I know you've got a, a juicy price pick, uh, which could be your long shot as well. But let's go goal scorer first. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with Joe Pritchard uh, for Accrington at home to Colchester. I believe that something is beginning to happen now at Accrington. I think there's obviously been a lot of noise around the club in the past seven days with the fallout over the new contract for John Coleman and Jimmy Bell. I think that they knew when they were timing that contract. Um, you know, going after that contract and going public about it because I think that I listening to Coleman after Grimsby away, the 2-0 win, and he's talking almost as though, you know, we could be going on a run now. This reminds me of the title winning season and it all started at Grimsby, conjuring up those kinds of things. And midweek, Pritchard scored two. His last two games, he scored two and, and, and two assists. He's clearly a key player for them from what I can gather. You know, he's one of those caught sort of... He's a decisive player that you kind of score win double type player that if he scores if he plays well then you, you know you're pretty much onto a good thing with Accrington as a team um, and you know four goals in midweek um, it sounded like everything that's happened all the noise around the club the players have responded brilliantly to it they want Coleman and and Bell to stay. They want. They don't want anything to go into meltdown here. And Pritchard just seems to be a guy who's on. Who's about to burn? He's burning hot at the moment. I like to look at who scored when I look at players like this. And his last two, his last three matches, his you know ratings of seven point one six, seven point eight, and ten in three successive matches. I'm thinking, right, okay, this could be a you know a lad who's on a bit of a hot streak now. Mm. Yeah, I mean his return from what was I think quite a long term injury has seemingly made a massive difference to Accrington. Uh, they they were already getting a fair bit from. Uh, Andrews up top and his aerial threat in particular with the, the crossing quality of Jack Nolan and, and Sean Worley but uh, Pritchard has, has given them even another dimension just because he's got I think for this level anyway quite an unusual technical level like composure in the final third sees passes picks passes and 
uh, just that one of those kind of guys that really raises the the level of anyone everyone around him. So uh, I, I did have a strong look at Aki actually to to win that game. Uh, I was a little put off by them because of the fact that both of their centre backs picked up their fifth yellow in midweek, uh, Hills and Jay Rich Baggerly. So they'd be missing their first two centre backs. So uh, didn't go to to pick them to win, but I definitely like that goal scorer pick. Uh, mine's in League Two as well, and it's Max Dean of MK Dons. Uh, spoke about them in my nap. Dean, uh, their striker, 3.4 uh, to score first with the Betfair Sportsbook. I'm, I'm really excited about this, as I was with Somerville last week. He started the last three, Dean. Uh, he signed from Leeds in January. He's only 19, uh, but he's only just sort of broken into the first team. Uh, Moisa's uh, hot start to the season came to an end, and uh, Ellis Harrison was out of the squad in midweek and may well be injured at the moment. And Dean has made the most of his opportunities. He scored two goals against Barrow uh, in Graham Alexander's last game with six shots in that game. Uh, last weekend against Aki, didn't, uh, didn't score, but had just the one shot uh, as MK struggled. But in that performance against Bradford in midweek, which I spoke about, he had five shots, four on target, scored one, hit the bar with another and had a one-on-one save. So uh, he was really heavily involved uh, with a lot of uh, of, um, of MK's good attacking play. And Bradford were pulled around all over the place. Uh, I, I think that might happen with Swindon as well because I don't think Swindon are particularly strong defensively. Uh, and Dean is going to benefit from uh, MK becoming a really good attacking team as I think they might be. The reason I'm really excited about him in particular is that uh, Mike Williamson's trend with strikers is really positive. Uh, he's, he basically had three strikers in the last few seasons, uh, and you'll recognise some of the names. Macaulay Langstaff was playing for Gateshead before he signed for Notts County. He scored 33 goals in 56 appearances for Williamson, uh, 0.77 goals per 90. Uh, Sedwin Scott who also plays for Notts County, he was at Gateshead too. He scored 24 in 45, 0.62 goals per 90. And then this season, Marcus Dinanga, uh, and, and the end of last season as well, was the striker. He scored 19 goals in 33 games under Williamson at 0.66 goals per 90. So across the three of them, his last three number nines have scored 0.69 goals per 90, which is a pretty nice ratio indeed. Um, and I think that Dean... You know, by dint of playing number nine for an MK Dons team under Williamson, if they do indeed uh, repeat that performance level for midweek, is going to be putting, or he's going to be getting chances put on a plate for him. So at 3.4, I really, really like this. I I just desperately hope he's not rotated out. He's obviously a young player. He hasn't played a ton of senior minutes, and and that is always the risk. But given he's been in such dangerous form and so good in midweek, surely, surely you keep him in from the start. Uh, I hope so anyway. Max Dean is my goal scorer for MK Dons. Uh, what about uh, a long shot, Mike? I would say it's one of your um, calling cards. A really, really juicy prices trying to trying to hit the jackpot. Yeah, I'm going to. I've been looking to take on Ipswich um, in recent weeks. I've been looking for opportunities because I feel like they're riding the crest of a wave after promotion, and you know, it, I, I don't dispute. No qualms with accepting that at this point so far in the season, they're the second best team in the championship. But it's almost a little bit like it's too good to be true what's happening and the, the kind of just, you know, just uh, seamlessly kind of breezing through games. Um, but I think the second half of this season could be a different story and we might get a glimpse of that against the Plymouth side that knows them well. Uh, last season, both promoted, of course, Plymouth beat Ipswich to the title last season. They're available at 6-1 to one to win this game. And I think whereas Ipswich have been kind of just enjoying open football matches, not necessarily going up against the low block 
or you know teams are not necessarily adjusting to Ipswich yet uh, but trying to or have been trying to meet them toe to toe and I think Plymouth with their their background intelligence on our Ipswich play in two games of reference last season two games by the way that they won 2-1 at home and drew 1-1 at Portman Road I think 6-1 to about the away win is well worth backing and there's one other thing here as well that interests me is Michael Cooper back between the sticks um, two clean sheets after nearly nine months out and I just wonder if it adds another dimension to Argyle in so much as not just the, the, the value that he adds as a, as a goalkeeper but if it you know if it breathes confidence into the defence and, and if they're now able to go with a bit more confidence with an out of possession game or you know however they choose to approach this but defensively if there's a bit more faith there with, with such a good keeper between the sticks yeah, my long shot. Leeds to score over 2.5 goals and Leicester to score over 2.5 goals. Uh, the price is 6.1 to the double with the Betfair Sportsbook. Huddersfield lost 4-0 at home to Cardiff in midweek. A huge, huge dent to their confidence after beating QPR last weekend. I'm pretty concerned. They, they looked poor. There seems to already be quite a lot of pressure and tension uh, from fans in the ground, on social media, even the players' responses to the Cardiff goals in midweek, uh, the owner following it up by tweeting, saying it's not good enough. It, it kind of concerns me. And, and although I know Leeds fans aren't feeling great this morning after losing to Stoke last night, uh, I'm, I'm probably not reacting as strongly to that defeat as some of the Leeds fans. It feels worse than it is, I would say, to Leeds fans. And with the quality that they're able to bring off the bench, as we saw last night, I think they can stay fresh. Uh, and I really think that Huddersfield will desperately try and keep them at bay and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. With Leicester and QPR, I mean, QPR fans saying it's the lowest they've ever felt about the team. It really does feel pretty rudderless at the moment. Uh, at the back, I mean, I, I don't know who plays centre-back here because from what I can see, Clark Salter got injured in midweek. Jimmy Dunn got sent off, so he's suspended. Morgan Fox, not been seen in the last four games. Steve Cook hasn't been seen in the last three squads either. And coming to town is a team that are gunning to be the best championship team of all time. Eight wins in a row for Leicester. Uh, if anything, they seem to be getting better as they go. Uh, yeah, as, as I say, I think the level of dominance on every level is going to be big here. And I just think that the way things are sliding for Huddersfield and QPR uh, versus the quality that Leeds and, and Leicester have, uh, I think it's it's time for goals. So Leicester and uh, Leicester... Leicester to score over 2.5 goals and Leeds to score over 2.5 goals. Uh, that's not the same as Leicester win and over 2.5 goals in the game. So be careful there. Uh, this is where you have to go onto the, the match page, click on all markets and then find for Leeds home team over 2.5 for Leicester away team over 2.5. Uh, let's see if I can land a long shot this week at uh, just over 5 to 1. Right, uh, you're helping me out with the BTTS six-fold, Mike. We're looking for a second win of the season. Uh, which three games are you adding to the BTTS six-fold? Okay, well, I'm going with Cardiff and Bristol City. There's a bit of a managerial thread in this as well. I'm um, going with Cardiff and Bristol City. Um, a bit of talk around Nigel Pearson's future right now. Um, Cardiff scored in every home game this season. Four goals in midweek, so they'll be full of confidence going forward. I think Bristol City are below average defensively in the division but very spirited on the road and score a lot of late goals to either salvage draws or come from behind to win. So they'll keep going for the full 90 minutes. Um, then Accrington-Colchester in League 2. 
is available at 1.6. Uh, we've we've spoken about the Accrington Colchester game in general. There'll be no holding back, I don't think, from you know fast start for Accrington in midweek. I expect another fast start with everything that's going on there. Looking to build on it. Uh, Colchester scored three goals away at Grimsby on fire in midweek under Matthew Everington, and you've just uh, clued me up about the two centre backs being out for Accrington as well. So that's that, that's another reason to fancy Colchester to get on the score sheet here. And then finally, Doncaster Grimsby, available at 1.66. Both managers under minor pressure. Uh, you know, it's still early in the season, but I think it's going to be a grind of a season for both teams. Um, in that the expectations before the season began, I just don't think it's going to be that the season they were hoping for. So it could become a fairly meaningless season, but a local derby, I think this has a lot on it. I think for both sides, I think a win in this game can uh, basically, you know, cure a lot of ills at once with just one result so I think both teams will go for the win and uh, you know I don't think defensively they both conceded three goals in midweek so I don't think defensively either team could be trusted so both teams to score in Doncaster v Grimsby yeah lovely I'm adding uh, one in league one and two no two in league one one in league two Uh, Barnsley Fleetwood uh, 1.72 it is at the moment Uh, Fleetwood have actually scored in five of their last six There, there might still be a feeling that Fleetwood are a poor team and not particularly good going forward as a bit of a hangover from the Scott Brown era. But actually, to his credit, Lee Johnson is doing some pretty good things. Uh, performances and results have improved. Uh, they are actually underperforming their XG in the last six games, even having scored five uh, in five of their last six. So he has unlocked them somewhat. Uh, Barnsley are great going forward. 29 goals in the league already, the most in the division. They do ride by the seat of their pants at the back because of their, their very, very front foot style of play with a very high line. So I think Fleetwood can pierce that. Uh, but I certainly see Barnsley scoring against them. So 1.72, that leg. Bristol Rovers, Northampton. Uh, Northampton, one of your picks earlier. Uh, this is a, a stylistic thing. I just think of Bristol Rovers as a team uh, under Barton anyway, who are always likely to, to attack. Uh, and I, I, I always think with caretaker managers as well, you know, there's there's really nothing in it for the caretaker manager to go for a defensive mindset, particularly in a home game, because the best thing that can happen for the caretaker is a, a, a thumping win out of nowhere that makes fans think, hold on, maybe this guy actually knows the squad, maybe they like him and, and maybe he can get the best out of them. So uh, Bristol Rovers games normally pretty open uh, and I, I certainly like the Northampton pick and your reasoning for it. Uh, they've been... Uh, in spells this season, very good going forward, particularly on the break. So uh, I could see them hurting uh, Bristol Rovers. And the last one is uh, Forest Green and Crawley. Stylistic kind of thing. Uh, these two teams kind of sum up what, what we're seeing in League Two this season. A lot of teams going highly technical, uh, an, an onus on technical players, a lack of physicality compared to previous seasons in League Two. And the upshot is a lot of teams are, are looking much more potent going forward, but incredibly soft defensively. And I think... You know, you can say that certainly about Forest Green, who who really do have a soft centre, um, have been creating probably more chances than it looks from the score lines recently. Very wasteful in defeat to Barrow midweek in particular. And um, Crawley definitely know how to attack and have, have scored goals all season, but I think their performance levels dropped off a little bit recently. A couple of key players missing, and uh, uh, and I'm not sure they look quite as solid at the back. So uh, Forest Green and Crawley is is the last selection. Uh, that spits out a sixfold at. Uh, 22.96 with the bet first sportsbook so just around 22 to 1 uh, and it is to recap Cardiff against Bristol City Barnsley Fleetwood uh, Bristol Rovers Northampton and in League 2 Accrington Colu Donny Grimsby and Forest Green against Crawley well 
it's a roller coaster, Mike, and you've got to the end of it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been really good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for stepping in for George. You're putting out so much interesting stuff uh, on a few different platforms. So tell the listener where they can find you. As far as Fox Punter goes, I'm in between offers at the moment. I'm building up towards something for Black Friday. So Twitter's the place, or X, at Fox Punter. That simple, really. Uh, a huge thank you to Mike for, for joining us and for filling in for George. Uh, I'm pretty confident that George will be back next week. Uh, and he's very much on the mend. He is going to be chomping at the bit. Uh, but hopefully this weekend we can provide a couple of winners for you as well. Uh, thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, before we go, let us just recap our selections. For me, it's MK Dons, the nap at home to Swindon at 6-4. to four. Sunderland next best, 11-10 to 10 at home to Norwich. My goal scorer is Max Dean of MK Dons at 3.4. Uh, and my long shot leads to score over 2.5 goals against Huddersfield and Leicester to do the same, over 2.5 goals against QPR at 6.12. How about you? Yeah, my nap is Wickham at 100-30 to win away at Oxford. Northampton is next best, 14-5 to to win away at Bristol Rovers. Um, my goal scorer is Joe Pritchard for Accrington Stanley, any time at 7-2. to and my long shot is Plymouth 6-1 to one to win away at Ipswich. Magic, uh, RBTTS 6-fold, Barnsley, Fleetwood, Cardiff, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Northampton, Forest Green, Crawley, Accrington, Colu, and Doncaster, Grimsby. Uh, wishing you all a cracking weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Go very well. <laughs>